G'day lads, welcome back to the BNF podcast, hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, today we're going to sort of just run through footy's finals, the extravaganza it is, uh, right up there with the best time of the year at the moment, and it's anyone's game I reckon, With if Collingwood's the most unbeatable team then it's anyone's game I reckon, so... We'll get straight into it. Um, so the Thursday night game last week, Collingwood versus Melbourne, really the storyline along in, along the entire game was that Melbourne got in there but just couldn't, couldn't make the most of it, kicked woefully. Um, yeah, I think we could could be very different. Finals bracket had Melbourne have won. But had Melbourne kick straight, made the most of their opportunities. But it's kind of just a telltale sign of what finals is like. The sort of the build, the it's finals is decided on things like that. Um, and obviously, the ma- a major thing coming out of that game was the uh, Brad Maynard KO on Angus Brayshaw. Um, I don't think he should have got a week. I think his penalty was... Uh, I think getting off was probably the right decision. But um, the thing that annoys me about that is just, <laughs> I'm biased, but Jack Martin still gets a week for something that was only graded high impact because so the AF, so we couldn't downgrade it to low and get him off. But I think Brandon Maynard, it, made, it was the right decision considering he did something by accident... On, yeah, by accident, and had he have got the three-match penalty, which he was originally handed, uh, could have cost him a premiership medal and uh, could have been very costly in terms of the AFL season. But then again, the uh, Angus Brayshaw concussion knocking him out of, again, maybe unlikely, but a potential, um, a potential premiership medal. Hopefully all the... Melbourne players during the premiership medals will be blown out tonight. Um, but yeah, the prayers for, for, for Angus Brayshaw. He, um, it's not anything you want to see happen, and it's just quite upsetting. And hearing James Brayshaw talk about it, look, commentate it, it's very, it's you can tell it impacts him, let alone the much. Not closer, but let alone the mum and the dad. It's something that we need, we do need to try a race from our game with, but still maintaining the physicality that's in at the moment. You hear a lot of people say, "Oh, we in a few years of forty, thirty years, we're just going to have to make it no contact, turn it into Gaelic football." I think that's ridiculous. Um, I think. I just think just you really got to make it clear to the players that anything above the head's a free kick and the umpires have to just be really firm on it and during the games and giving away free kicks. But again, I do think that, yeah, that's really much it. I think the people who say uh, the game's going to be completely changed and no, not physical in, in some decades' time, I think that's completely ridiculous. And the, I suppose it just we this game was built to this game was built physically. It's not gonna, like, it's it can't go out like that. Um, 
I think all those people are just thinking doomsday and that we all have our opinions. Um, moving on to the Friday night game, probably the highlight of my year so far. Uh, Carlton getting half against Sydney. Um, I was there. Can confirm two things. Uh, we won and I cried at the end. Uh, and I can also confirm that from where I was sitting on level four, you could hear that the Sydney chants were artificial coming from speakers above me. So realistically, the Blue Army was out and about and outnumbered the Reds. So it was great. Um, obviously, the standouts were were uh, Blake Akers. He was amazing. Uh, he just he was an incredible pickup for Carlton. Uh, I don't. Uh, he's turned himself into one of the elite wingmen of the competition, and I think he holds a. He's a really important piece going into. Hope Carlton hopefully going deeper in finals and winning tonight. Um, the other our amazing wing is also uh, Maddie Cottrell. Second half was uh, was wasn't it wasn't no no nowhere near as good as his first half. First half kicked two goals and really, my I th- I think he was probably our best player in the first half. Um, he was probably played one of the better games of his career, and I really enjoyed really enjoyed watching him play. Um, but in terms of result, I think Sydney we gifted them that they again another thing that comes with finals games are won and lost in the on the score on yeah pretty much just on the score, but it doesn't. Especially an elimination final like this, as soon as you don't kick straight, Sydney with nine fourteen, you're done. You just got to make the most of your opportunities. And Sydney really didn't did not on last Friday, and it cost them to potentially going deeper into the finals and really having an impact. Because when you look at Sydney, you think of stars like Errol Goulden. Callum Mills, they've just got heaps of influential players who can impact the game and really, they're just a really exciting team. Um, Nick Blakey's another one. Tom Papley, they can, those, what, four only need one incredible game. Chad Warner, they only need one good game and all of a sudden they could be into a prelim or something and that's what kind of showed last year. I They did, they beat Melbourne and all the guns played well and then they beat uh, Collingwood in a tight one and Nick Blakey sort of saved the game at the end and it's really evident that those that uh, that, that Sydney are a really talented team and shows that don't make the most opportunities and all of a sudden a really fun and exciting team to watch is out. But I could talk about this game all day because I was pretty stoked. But, um, yeah, Carlton getting up was really good and... Yes, right up there with probably the best day of the year so far. Um, so moving on to the uh, St Kilda GWS game. I was there. Um, I was there with a mate, Gus O'Sullivan, and then <laughs> Ollie Rogers came over and took us into the VIP suite. Shout out to Ollie Rogers. You're a legend. Thank you. Um, but St Kilda were... It was it was really it was a great game um, in terms of scoring and it was quite free flowing quick but um, 
St Kilda never really looked like it, and in my opinion, they haven't in the whole second half of the season. They've always looked second. They've never really... Out of all the teams in the top eight, St Kilda were probably the ones who I thought were the weakest. Um, they did start the season very well, but they kind of they did sort of peter out in the second half. Still winning games, still earned a home final sixth spot, but uh, yeah, I don't think I yeah I've said what I think. They don't they well they deserve well, they probably didn't deserve a spot in the eight, but they weren't playing well enough. But this is very. This shows that and backs up my opinion. Ah, uh, gee, someone who you hear a lot about at the moment, but is truly, in my opinion, the most underrated player in the game. Brett Daniels goes anywhere. He's tough. He's quick. He's an elite kick of the footy. Uh, almost won the game. Oh, can't. Yes, won the game for. Um, he won the game for the GWS. I think he. It was just incredible, his ball use. Not many players can kick the way he did. Uh, I don't... I think it was incredible and it really shows that he's just sort of established himself this final series, the second whole second half of the season. The GWS have been brewing. He's been there. He stood up along with other players. Uh, do you know, your Jake Riccardi's, your Toby Green's, obviously. All these guns who... You know, you knew were good, but have really just established themselves as genuine superstars. Um, then moving on to the Brisbane Port game, uh, I don't, I can't say I watched much of this. Oh no, I watched a bit of it. I was watching the cricket because wasn't a great game. Um, I don't think Port. Uh, I don't think I think GWS will beat Port. I don't think Port are a legitimate threat anymore. I think. It's sort of just all petered out over there. Backline's too weak. Midfield's pretty elite, but the forward line's weak as well. And you get it down. I just don't see any any real threats down there. I don't think if I'm GWS, if I'm Collingwood, I don't... Because if I'm Collingwood or GWS, I don't see them as much as a threat. I'm just thinking, what can we do to win? Obviously, when you've got the forward line, you have got... What Todd Marshall, Sam Powell Pepper, uh, Willie Rioli, they're dangerous, but they just haven't really looked themselves. Uh, obviously, Ollie Lord was a real highlight kicking four, but I don't see them being as dangerous as they have been, and it's almost yeah, straight straight sex edges, exits, which is my prediction, seems a bit unprecedented and almost upsetting. But what can you do? It's sometimes just happens, but. Moving on to the uh, games tonight, Carlton v Melbourne, Melbourne v Carlton. Um, really looking forward to this one going again. It's going to be great. I think Carlton will get up. Um, I don't. I th- I think we'll get up. I got. I think it'll be a low scoring affair in our last two games. I believe they've been. I want to say. We've so in in our last two encounters, we, Melbourne have scored one hundred and seven points altogether, and we've scored one hundred and four. So it's going to be really tight. It's going to be two, even in my opinion, two out of the top three best defenses in the AFL going head to head. Yeah, obviously Melbourne being first, Carlton being third. 
I think the players that I think Charlie Kerner kicks three, we win the game. But then again, Braley Fridge kicks three, they win the game. So it's going to be really hard fought. But I feel like contestantly losing Gus Brayshaw is a massive out for them because now I feel like we've got a much stronger midfield there. And I understand they've got some balls like Jack Viney. Uh, he's, he could win or lose in the game. But I believe, I still believe Carlton will get up. And even though it's probably not going to be very high scoring, it'll still be entertaining. It's going to be a great watch. And I think it'll be decided by some pure brilliance by a superstar or overtime or something incredible. But all, well, all we can do is hope, I guess, if you're a Carlton fan or, yeah. Um, moving on to the second game of the weekend, uh, uh, Port versus GWS. I've already given my... I've already spoken on this. I think Port going into it favourites, I don't think they're a real, realistic chance. I don't think they're anything... I think they've got they've got a lot of star power port and they're really I just think they lack in important positions. Their back line isn't as good as it has been or can be. Um obviously Charlie Dixon's a massive in but I think realistically all they got down there is really Alira Lear who I think's a great but he's if he's their best defender then they got nothing else going for them and this is just my opinion. You guys can disagree, but I don't think Port are a legitimate chance to impact finals any more than what they have. Um, I think GWS, who's probably right up with the, in, they're probably in the top three most informed teams in the AFL at the moment. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna stomp their way into a prelim final and really send. You know, send a message to the rest of the competition, letting them know that they're a legitimate chance, finishing seventh. Last team to do that was they'd be the equal lowest team to win the Premiership at seventh. Um, last team being the Bulldogs. I don't think I'd put it past them. And with players with the star factor like Toby Green, I just Toby Green could easily put them on, say, come here, lads, and put them on their shoulder. They're down by five goals three, at three-quarter time or half-time. Toby Graham will rally troops, get him back up, get him into it. And I really think he's going to be someone who can def- decide not just his team's games but the entire final series. And like I said, Brett Daniels is he's just a freak of nature. I think he's he's been... I feel like for a while now he's been good, but he hasn't... He's never been established as one of the best in the AFL but I feel like he's right up there now, genuine superstar, and is another one who can really impact the finals. But moving on to some quickly to wrap up the episode, some AFLW. Uh, obviously, starting two weeks ago, uh, the new home of AFL, uh, Icon, AFLW, Icon Park. I think it's a really good host venue for majority of the games. Not majority, but a lot of the games. Um Pretty. I can't really. He can't say anything off the first, out of the first two games. But um, it's. I think it's really. Well, obviously the kangaroos and Melbourne are the two most legitimate threats, and Melbourne being last year's premiers is. Um, it's, is that sneeze? That's not a sneeze. Um, I think they're obviously the two best teams in the comp, in my opinion. Um, obviously, 
um, uh, Kangaroos beating Carlton. I think it was 66 to 6, which is a fair smashing. But, yeah, I'd, I can't really have my tip yet. It's really early on in the season. But I think it's looking like a really enjoyable competition and hopefully it's inspiring a lot of younger females to be to play footy because a lot of the because the how do I say this a lot of the issue with the AFLW is that the no they haven't had anyone to really look up to I think this is a really good opportunity so I got three sisters maybe take them down to a game every now and again show them the genuine superstars of not not just of our game of Australian rules football not just AFL or AFLW, showing them that girls can be great and they are great and they're some of the best to ever do it. And I think it's a really great opportunity and some great building blocks to do great things in that industry. Um, I Obviously, I hope Carlton win, but I don't think they will this year. I think it's probably Melbourne's again. They've been one of the best teams over in the entire course of all eight seasons. I think, yeah, I'd throw them again. Um, but like I said, it's just another incredible building block. Obviously, adding all 18 teams now, it's going to be really, wherever you are, there's sort of someone to look up to if you're a female aspiring to play footy. And I think it's a really, really good thing for the game and something I think we all need to get around, uh, no matter what your gender, if you like footy or not, give it a go. Because that's how all these big sports, NBA, NFL, AFL, cricket, that's how they all started and... I think it's really important that we support people who want to, who the young aspiring females, the next generation who want to play. I think if you can, and someone, if your sister or someone wants to get down to a game, take them because it's an incredible opportunity. Uh, but I think that's probably it for today. Uh, thank you for listening. You've put up with my voice for 18 minutes now. Um, yeah, hope you've enjoyed. Uh, hope you've all enjoyed this episode of the BNF podcast. Have a great day. See ya.